You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Today we are discussing the science of genetic testing for cancer risk using the BRCA genetic mutations. In this segment, we will focus on the basic biology underlying the BRCA genes. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Michael Benson, a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University in Chicago. With me today is Dr. Gregory Critchfield, a board-certified pathologist who is president of Myriad Genetics. Myriad is a biotechnology company that has brought BRCA genetic testing to the clinical marketplace. Welcome, Dr. Critchfield. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be with you, Michael. What I'd like to do is just go over basic biology because, truth be told, even as an ob all this genetic stuff is in my distant past, and the field has advanced 200 years in the last 20. This is a very basic question, but can you review with us the relationship between the genes that have been identified, not necessarily BRCA, but any gene, and function? The genes that we're talking about are, are generally known as housekeeping genes, and by that, uh, they're involved in the, in the repair that occurs naturally to DNA. So if these genes are, are doing their job well, when changes occur from environmental insult and changes with age and other things, the, the DNA can be repaired. If the genes are defective, the housekeeping function is gone, and there's a greater probability that the cell that's affected could become cancerous. So that's really what we're talking about. Uh, are critical mutations that affect the, the function of those kinds of genes. What I was also interested in is an even more basic concept. It's my understanding that the number of genes in the genome, the estimate of the number of genes in the genome, have been downgraded from perhaps 100,000 to 30 to 40,000. Is that correct? Yes. The current estimate puts it uh, somewhere near 30,000. The traditional idea that I had in medical school that one gene performs one function is that still the, felt to be the case? No. In fact, the genes interact in a number of ways. There are complex pathways where genes work in concert with one another. Things are upregulated. Things are downregulated. There are genes that interact with many other genes in, in some cases, and all these things are involved. In the, in the case of cancer pathways, there are critical genes that are involved in DNA repair, uh, and when, the, when their function is gone, then the pathway doesn't work properly and you have the resulting problems of having a higher risk for cancer, as an example. Now I'd like to focus a little bit on, uh, or narrow our discussion, to BRCA directly. Here's what I consider to be kind of a dopey question, but I feel obligated to ask because I actually don't know the answer. What does BRCA stand for? The BRCA stands for breast cancer, but it's important to understand that not only are these involved in the breast cancer syndromes where patients have a high probability of having breast cancer, but also ovarian cancer and pancreatic cancer. So the name was designated probably before the function of these genes or their relationships were fully described. That's exactly correct. And the initial families that were studied that led to the discovery of these genes were families that had a very high burden of breast cancer primarily. As one looked into these families, it was also noted that they had high, a high frequency of ovarian cancer cases as well. What about any other cancers? I thought that there were some other cancers associated with the malfunction of the BRCA genes. Yes. Because these are, are DNA repair genes, one would wonder how many cancers could be involved. The major cancer, as I mentioned, is, is breast cancer and, the, and ovarian cancer. Both of those are, are two common cancers uh, in individuals that have mutations in these genes. 
Pancreas cancer is another one. The VRCA2 gene, for instance, 7% of all cases of pancreas cancer are caused by a mutation that's inherited in the BRCA2 gene. The risk for prostate cancer is also elevated in individuals that carry uh, mutations in the, in the BRCA2 gene. How many different BRCA genes are there? This is a very interesting question that researchers are, uh, have, been, have been talking about for a number of years. Uh, BRCA1 and BRCA2 are the two first genes discovered that are highly penetrant. And by highly penetrant, what it means is that if an individual has a mutation, that their risk is, is quite elevated for cancer in the future. The question is wh- whether there are new genes that have been not yet discovered. That may, there, is there a BRCA3, a BRCA4, BRCA5? It turns out that there are a number of genes that have been described, including the BRCA genes, that, that lead to a higher risk of cancer. None of them leads to as high a risk as BRCA1 and BRCA2, which are really the, the major genes in the, uh, in the breast cancer syndromes. So when we're actually talking about BRCA1 and 2, we're actually talking about two specific genes, not a family of different genes. That's exactly correct. I actually was very confused by what I had read, so I wasn't clear on that. Where are these genes located? The genes, of course, are inherited in every single cell in the body. And so let's talk about how mutations are inherited in these genes. If, for example, let's assume that it is a father who has a mutation uh, in, in one of these genes. The father would pass along one chromosome, which would contain one of the genes in it, to a, an offspring. The, the other would come from the mother. There's a 50% chance that, that the offspring of this, of this couple would inherit a BRCA mutation in that case. If you have just joined us, you are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, and my guest is Dr. Gregory Critchfield, president of Myriad Genetics. Today we are discussing the science of genetic testing for cancer risk using the BRCA genetic mutations. In this segment, we are focusing on the basic biology underlying the BRCA genes. How many mutations of these genes are there? There are many. The way that the, the detection of mutations occurs is we are looking for a misspelling where the C-terminal end of the protein, remember that a protein has amino acids that are linked in a chain, and at one end is, is what's called a carboxy terminal end. If the protein is truncated before it reaches that, that end, the, the protein itself will not be effective. It will not be able to, to repair and, and perform its, its normal housekeeping function. There are many places where a stop signal through mutation can inadvertently be placed before the, the end of the protein would naturally occur. So the tests that we do are largely looking for uh, signals that the, that the protein translation is stopped uh, with, with what's called a stop codon. When that occurs, that you lose the function that is normally there. And, and more than, more than 3,000 mutations have been described to date. There are many more being discovered every day as we continue to sequence more individuals. The important thing to remember, though, is once a mutation is found in a particular family, once we've found this mutation, we are able to, to target the analysis and look for that specific mutation in another family member. So there, there's an economy that can occur at that point in, in the search for mutations in individuals in a family where the mutation has been previously discovered. How do these mutations occur? It's very interesting. Through exposure to the environment, this could be chemical exposure. It could be through environmental background radiation. 
changes occur in DNA from time to time. In the normal situation, these repair genes are called in to, to fix the, the changes that might occur so that the DNA stays intact and there's no, no harm done to the patient at that point. Sometimes what happens is a mutation may occur that then is inherited and then passed down from generation to generation. Well, this is a source of confusion to me at least. How many of these mutations are de novo and how many are inherited? Is somebody likely to get a new mutation in the next generation? There always is a small uh, but finite probability that somebody could get a de novo mutation. But the, the majority of the BRCA mutations are thought to be fairly ancient, uh, meaning that they've, they've been around for some time. And this has been confirmed in population studies that have gone back and looked at families and looked for the presence of certain mutations in specific ethnic groups and traced them back sometimes hundreds of years. So that, that's the interesting part about this. If you think about it, there's no major selection pressure for BRCA genes if a person is able to reach adulthood, have children, then there's no major selection pressure against these that would occur early on. And so the belief among most geneticists is that these mutations are largely older mutations, have been there for a while. Are the BRCA genes more susceptible to mutations, or because there's no natural selection against them, the several thousand mutations have been allowed to proliferate? That's probably the reason. They're, they're probably not more susceptible as I said before, though, there are a large number of mutations that have been discovered. The feeling is that there, there are many of them because they've been, there's been no pressure selecting against them. Are the gene functions fully elucidated now? I was reading somewhere that the exact role of the BRCA genes and the proteins they code for aren't fully understood. I think that's a fair thing to say. As we all know, biology is extremely complex. We know many of the things that, that, the, that the genes are involved in. But there are new, new things that are being discovered by biologists that are looking into these questions today. I think this is true of every gene in the human genome. We are trying to understand far beyond just what the primary sequence of the gene is, but how does the gene do its function? How does it interact with other proteins? What is the actual function in the cell? That's the subject of, of, of cancer biology today. One other question that I have as we approach the close of this segment, I keep wondering, how was the first BRCA gene discovered? Can you give our audience just... A brief history? Yeah, well, more about how one even goes about finding this. What happened is that there were, there were large families, kindreds, that had a high number of cases of cancer in them. One of the key elements in the discovery of the gene was the localization of the gene to chromosome 17. This is, there are 46 chromosomes in the human uh, genome. Uh, number 17 is the one that Mary Clark King described the, the, the gene BRCA1 as being located on. No one knew exactly where it was on chromosome 17. A huge effort began by multi, multiple groups internationally to try and locate where it might be. The way they did it was to look at families that had large numbers of individuals with cancer and large numbers without cancer, and then compare the differences between those groups by working down and sequencing where there were changes that occurred that could be shown to have caused cancer and not to be associated with in individuals without cancer, they were able to zero in on where the gene actually was. A group of scientists led by Myriad Genetics was the first group to fully elucidate where the gene was. The gene was cloned in 1994. One year later, the BRCA2, the second breast and ovarian cancer gene, was located. 
And that was cloned also by the same group. Who is Mary Claire King? I read about her as well as one of the lead investigators, at least initially. Absolutely. Mary Claire King is a scientist currently at the University of Washington who has studied breast cancer over a number of years. Her discovery in elucidating uh, the location of the gene to chromosome 17 was one of the key milestones in unlocking the puzzle as to where these genes might be. Very interesting. I want to thank Dr. Gregory Critchfield, president of Myriad Genetics, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the science of genetic testing for cancer risk using the BRCA genetic mutations. In this segment, we focused on the basic biology underlying the BRCA genes. I am your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions about this program, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.